Hi guys, my name is Jack Anderson. I am type one diabetic. And last year I completed an Ironman triathlon after squatting 200 kilos in the same day. And I will be joining Al on the type one Al podcast this week. All right, morning, mate. Welcome to the podcast, Jack. How are you? Morning, Al. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm uh, not bad for a Sunday morning, but... Um, Sunday yeah. morning in lockdown. Yeah, as good as it can be. Um, yeah. yeah, done my little cycle this morning, so yeah, feeling good. Um, nice. Yeah, so how are things? I saw you were... Am I right in thinking you were doing... Were you taking part in the turf games yesterday with CBD, the pure sports yeah, CBD? Yeah, I did did the turf games. How, it, um, how did that go? <laughs> yeah, it's not my thing. <laughs> I'm good at I'm good at long and slow, not short and fast. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't actually that bad. It wasn't that bad. Um, it's it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty good setup though. It's it's good that they're um, sort of like still keeping their community alive and still. Bring. I think. I think that's what. What I think everyone's been lacking really from training at home is actually the competitive side of things, mm-hmm. um, because you know the amount of people that play sport is probably more than the amount of people that just go to the gym. Yeah. So, yeah. given something where, given people an opportunity to compete against people and to sort of like have prizes and stuff, I think is is probably what's been missing for a little while. So it's nice to see that come out, and hopefully that's sort of inspired a few other companies and organizations to move their stuff online because it really is just a case of adapting to the situation that's going on so yeah no it was good it was good fun even though the actual session itself wasn't too good but because <laughs> i yeah, saw no, it it's it right i saw it obviously um through the pure sport cbd page that's how i kind of spotted mm. it um yeah because i was chatting to them i don't know two, maybe two days ago because um I obviously purchased some of their oil and then got chatting to them that way. But we'd obviously spoken about it, and you've been involved with um, with that company yeah. for for a while now. So how 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 did that come about, and how did you sort of hear about their product? Um, so, well, actually, I was I was actually going to bring this up with you today because okay. I so I got involved with Pure Sport because obviously when I did my challenge back in October, mm. um, I then got well quite a few messages from just sort of different people companies afterwards about like opportunities and whatever and had um an offer to be an ambassador for pure sport and at the time I wasn't really I was aware I was aware of the company and I was aware of what CBD was but didn't really understand how their products would benefit me so Mm. for me I'm sort of like I, I did I, I didn't I wouldn't necessarily say I judged a book by a cover I was just sort of a bit uh skeptical of how it would benefit me and you know uh, sort of a bit stubborn I like wasn't going to pay for something unless it was just sort of given to me to try yeah. um however now with that being with that being said I have found that like since taking the PS Sports CBD there has been massive improvements to various areas of my life Mm. um so even like away from a diabetic standpoint I do feel like I'm recovering better and sleeping better but from a diabetic standpoint I found that it's been crazy now this is where I I wanted to just ask you on on some of your experiences uh with taking it but I found that the and this again this this for me might have like the the effects of it might have been a little bit more uh clear because potentially my 
my uh, blood sugars hadn't been as well managed as someone like yourself or whatever. Mm. But I found that literally, like, so like the first evening that I took it, I then, I think I took it like midday, right? And then in the evening, I injected for my evening meal. And then like straight away after I went hypo and I was like, okay, what the hell, what the, what the hell has just happened here? Mm. Um, and then I like didn't really think anything of it. I was like, maybe it's just one of those random ones. And then for sort of like the first week after first started taking it, I found that my insulin sensitivity just like completely went up through the roof to the point where I've even had to change my ratios because I've found that for whatever reason, I just don't seem to need as much insulin for my meals. And it like the only thing that has changed in my lifestyle and my routine is, is taking the CBD. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think that's ridiculous. So I'm currently at the minute sort of in, in conversation with them about trying to basically just sort of trying to expand the, expand the reach of who mm. they're targeting because I've like, although as a company, they can't make claims that well, well, like any supplement company, you can't make claims, but what you can do is share experiences and stories of people who have obviously uh, sort of witnessed what they, what, what they feel from it. So for me now I'm trying to, well, I, I, this is why I, I wanted to get your opinion on it was that I genuinely think that it's a supplement that does help yeah. diabet- diabetics. Um, and, and yeah, so I was just sort of interested in what you thought about it. Mm. I mean, so um, when did I get it? So the, I guess the issue I had was so I sort of had been aware of CBD um, in terms of kind of the benefits for for sleep predominantly. Um, yeah, I wasn't kind of training enough since I stopped swimming competitively to kind of look into the benefits into recovery. Um, and I was aware of it, but that kind of wasn't the main driving factor. But for me, I was sleeping yeah. really, really, really poorly, sort of up throughout the night and just, yeah, pretty shattered. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I ended up getting chatting to um, Lucy Turner, who's also, I think, an ambassador for them, um, for Pure Sport. And who's like a GB yeah. hurdler, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And she kind of said, oh, you know, it, it might it might work for you. Um, and that's when I started looking into it. Um, what I would say is, in terms of my improvement in my sleep, absolutely 100%. Um, I think that's, you know, there's no question in my mind that, that that's been a yeah. benefit. Um, and I feel better. I feel sort of better throughout the day as well. Um, yeah. In yeah, terms yeah. of my glucose control, what I would say is I started taking it on Christmas Eve. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I, I had two weeks, basically, where I ran once and I didn't do any gym. So my control yeah. was kind of all over the place and really it's taken me what yeah know, we're like two weeks into january now you know it's taken me that amount of time to get back to a level that yeah, i'm for sure. at so i sort of said when i was you know i was chatting to someone else about this about how because i was sort of aware that there was some claim that it might sort of improve glucose control i jumped to a yeah. conclusion you know there's nothing in that when i sat down yesterday and actually thought about it after speaking to them i think it would only be right for me to sort of go back and once I'm back in range, which I pretty much am now, I need to kind of yeah. look at how my control with it compared to, you know, I can't yeah. compare at the minute because it wasn't like for like. Um, so in yeah, terms of sure. my experience um, at the minute, I can't really say either way, but I can understand why. I think it's one of those strange ones where, so for me, 
I started taking um, magnesium about a year ago. And I'd kind of read mm-hmm. some research that um, in people with sort of um, people with sort of excess in insulin sort of sensitivity, um, there's 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 low, you know, there's low amounts of magnesium. So in terms of I basically started taking it on the assumption that maybe I wasn't getting enough magnesium in my diet. I started taking the magnesium and my insulin sensitivity absolutely rocketed up to the point where I was dropping my long acting insulin. I was having less insulin oh, really? each meal. And it really sort of rocked it up. And that was another one of these things where I spoke to various other people and it had absolutely no effect on them. Um, yeah. So there's all these strange things. And the same when I started taking, um, when I was doing a lot more gym, when I was swimming, I was taking creatine and mm-hmm. that had an effect on my glucose as well. So I was running a lot lower when I was having that. Okay. So um, I think that the, the, the main thing that I pick up from it is that you need to like, and this, this comes from taking anything is that, you need to recognize that it is a supplement. So we'll only improve what is already in place. So how I see it is that, you know, if you currently sleep terribly and you're thinking that taking CBD is going to be, sorry, taking CBD is going to be a quick fix. Oh God. Um, Then, you know, you're, you're wrong because Mm. if you're, if you're sleeping crap and there's other reasons as to why you're sleeping crap, then taking CBD, you know, isn't going to do like bugger all. Yeah. Now, this is where CBD will be beneficial is that if you've already put everything in place to have a good night's sleep and you've done that consistently, not just for like one or two nights, like if you, if you are in like a good routine, you know, you've got your, you've got your evening routine locked down, you're off your phone, you're reading before bed, you're doing your mindful stuff and, you know, you've got a structure in place that should lead to good quality sleep Mm. and that's not the case then you might want to think about like taking a sleep supplement now again like the benefits to taking cbd the list is like as long as my arm right Mm. so i'm someone that looks at the list and i recognize that i'm not going to experience all of these things and that's why like me and the next person might get something completely different out of it which is why you just I think with any supplement and especially with CBD now being like sort of in the forefront of the sort of like sporting media at the minute is that you just need to weigh it up how much it's going to improve your life if you start taking it and then also what you think it's going to be fixing because if you're if you're in a terrible routine you know your your nutrition's poor your training's poor there is no need in you taking it because you're sort of trying to help something that isn't already in place Mm. so that's why I think, although you're like, and that, that, that's sort of, I think why maybe your sort of little first experience with CBD might not have been the true sort of represent, representation of it is that obviously before Christmas, like the amount of like sugary foods that you're going to be con- consuming is going to be higher. Yeah, the amount of, of training that you're doing, the amount of training that you're going to be doing is obviously a lot lower and that in turn is going to have a big effect on your diabetes anyway. Mm. So you know, not the best time to be gathering some initial data on it or feedback on it or whatever. But, you know, it, I think, I think this, and this is where, this is, this is where I would like to share it is that for people who that are doing everything in their control to Mm. better improve their diabetes or to better improve their sleep or their recovery, there is definitely a place for it. Now, again, Mm. it, it, it changes from person to person because I've taken creatine on and off since I was like 15 
and I have person personally felt like no side effects to it but then I also appreciate that other people have so I'm like you know you win some you lose some that's just not my thing Mm. magnesium magnesium I haven't even ever like considered it but then with all the pure sport again since taking it there's been a few people that have bought it and messaged me and been like I feel no difference Mm. and then a few people have been like yeah it's been wicked it's like changed the game for me and I'm like it 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 is what it is you know like it will it will suit some people and it won't suit other people it's not something that's like the be all and end all at the end of the day it's just a supplement that can help or it might not yeah I think it's I think as a wider point as well yeah I completely agree that you know there's various especially when talking about sleep you know there's various sort of things that um sort of all have to slot into place you're not going to be sleeping terribly. I mean there's there's take, there's, take contra- there's there's contributing factors like my sleep is crap and I think part of that part of that is going to be down to the fact that you know there's a lockdown I'm not able to train that mm. stresses me out then my business is affected by coronavirus and these are all things that you know aren't a quick fix so for me I actually found that like in terms of the sleep does it help me fall to sleep better no do I have longer sleep no because these are all things that like obviously I'm going to be able to control however do I have a better quality of sleep yes Mm. and do I feel more sort of like re-energized by my by the sleep that I'm having yeah and I do put those two sort of like last points down to the CBD because before they were also rubbish Mm. like the quality of sleep I was having was rubbish and I still just felt knackered when I woke up and I don't have that anymore yeah I I think for me I see it more as you know, a tool that can be used as part of a whole sort of process to try and improve. Yeah, you know, absolutely. For, for me, absolutely. it was, you know, am I putting my phone down, you know, along, you know, long enough before I go to bed? Am I doing this? Am I doing this? Okay. You know, maybe I should think about that Yeah. rather than, okay, I'm, I've had shit sleep for an hour, for, you know, for, for a month now, CBD will knock me out. It, it, I think it's, it's, yeah, I think that's important to kind of get across that there's a whole host of things, especially, you know, not just for sleep. Yeah. Look, when you look at any of the benefits for it, um, you know, if you're absolutely killing yourself and you suddenly start taking two drops of CBD, you're still going to struggle with your recovery. It's, it, yeah. you know, it's just yeah, a tool yeah, yeah. that you can use. Um, exactly that. Yeah. So I guess, you know, obviously we've, we've briefly mentioned there in terms of us both being diabetic. Um, I was diagnosed, you know, pretty young. I was diagnosed at eight and sort of had, sport became a very sort of um, prominent feature in my life um mm-hmm. what, what how was how did your sort of diagnosis story unfold what age were you sure um, so I was 15 um it was January the 2nd 2015 and I don't think it was helped by the fact that we'd obviously just had Christmas and I'd just been like absolutely piling my body full of like all the Christmas goods um so I was obviously unwell with just the typical diabetic uh sort of symptoms so peeing a lot drinking a lot in a foul mood lost a load of weight uh like no appetite but then like a ridiculous appetite um and I didn't really think that anything was wrong I just thought I might have had like a bit of a cold but I was aware that I was losing a lot of weight um either way my mum then had sort of like watched me deteriorate if you like and um she booked the doctor's appointment and I was like okay I was like I didn't really think it was an issue I thought it would just be like a week you know you know like you know if you're a bit ill you sort of leave it a week see how you feel and then you do something about it and she was like no we're going to the doctors I was like okay 
so went to the doctors and then it was literally just a case of like I think like a su- like my mum had obviously done a bit of research um so I think she had an idea of what it was I then went and just like there was like right urine test blood test you're diabetic and it was literally within the space of like probably like an hour of getting there that I was just told that I was I was diabetic and I think the crazy the the the, the most surreal thing about it was is that when I first found out I was like oh so it's just going to be like a course of antibiotics right and then that's going to be me <laughs> off on my way because 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 I had no idea what it was I hadn't, yeah. learned about it. I hadn't learned about it in school I didn't know what it entailed I didn't know what the condition was I didn't know anything about it um so really that and I think that I think that probably didn't help initially because you know the first well three four years of me having diabetes was really tough um I was just in complete denial I had like the worst diabetic rage just couldn't and like so so for me so for me I I started training when I was like 13 14 Mm. um to assist my rugby at the time and you know I was like the sporty kid at school I was really like probably quite self-conscious at the time in terms of like I just started going to the gym like just joined like a proper gym and like really cared I think what people thought about me and then all of a sudden I had this condition where I was going to have to be like injecting all the time I had something that was like I had a condition that I like knew was going to draw attention to myself that I just didn't really want at the time um so I had a really hard time with it I also and in even to this day I'm like terrified of needles <laughs> obviously that's not brilliant <laughs> that's not brilliant being diabetic so um for the first year of being diabetic, the only injections that I would do would be my long acting insulin. I basically went ketogenic. So didn't eat any carbs in the day, just purely to avoid the injections. Right. Um, yeah. And, and ended up making myself really ill, um, ended up sort of giving myself really like a really, well, I say mild, I've, I've basically got like a kidney condition now where I was just overeating protein so gave my kidney a really awful time so I have to take Ramaprol every night now to basically fix that um I mean that is also partly down to like really poor uh supplement marketing at the time where I believe that if you take like eight scoops of protein powder a day that it's just going (laughs) to automatically make you jacked you can be Arnie yeah yeah 15 year old me inspired the hell yeah (laughs) just like yeah you know what I'm going to drink eight eight protein shakes a day and I'm going to be large and it just it backfired but you know yeah (laughs) it just didn't work Jack I don't know how it just didn't work (laughs) I was I was so confused I was like but these guys are drinking eight protein shakes a day Jack why am I still skinny stood looking in the mirror at the end of every day like what is going on (laughs) what's wrong with me (laughs) oh so was you you know I was really embarrassed about my diabetes until I was yeah like 18 19 I then think I like was obviously a little bit more confident at that point and Mm. didn't really care so much so I'd inject wherever and didn't really think about it and then you know it's it's crazy because this time a year ago like I I still don't think a lot of people actually knew that I was diabetic it was just sort of like people in my close circle yeah um that knew that I was it was like something that I would like I would never bring up like nobody would know about it and like the, the amount of times that like you know, I've been friends with someone for a little while and then I pull it out and they'd be like, hang on, you're diabetic. And it's like, I've known you for like two or three years. Why have you not told me? And I'm just like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, you know, yeah. it, was, it wasn't something that I wanted to 
bring to people's attention because it was something that I sort of like it, it I think it was something that I like hated about myself mm. um and then obviously I sort of went on the journey that I did last June um I think that was you know and that is a good thing that that did come out of the the lockdown for me was that I was given a lot of time mm-hmm. um and had I not have had that I then obviously wouldn't have gone on to have done what I did um and sort of start speaking about my diabetes a little bit more openly yeah um yeah. and I guess I I mean you sort of led into it there but fast forward in you know a, f- a few years to, to 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 last year and obviously the lockdown was brought in um and 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 this challenge came about so you know obviously the documentary's there it's on amazon <clears throat> i won't dive too much yeah. into it because i think it's you know it's it's an incredible documentary and it's certainly worth a watch um i watched it with my parents actually and they both thought it was awesome as well so that's great i was kind of texting all my friends going like oh you should watch this guy because it's one of those things where you know you really don't see a lot of type one diabetic athletes or, or people doing sort of big sporting mm. achievements or certainly, you know, to an extent where you can go on and watch a documentary about it. Um, yeah. So how did, but, but in terms of that challenge, how did that initial idea come about? Was it post, was it when um, the lockdown was brought so, in or always been an, no, an so ambition? It, 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 the, th- the thing is, is it, it, it almost completely came out of nowhere. I know that sounds mad, but it, I, um, I was, I was obviously like, like I've always been into my fitness and I stopped playing rugby when I was 18. And I think since then I was always looking for something that was really going to push me to the sort of like the same level that I was pushed with my rugby yeah. in terms of like chasing something that was just like a lot bigger than I was. Um, and for ages, you know, that was like a professional rugby contract. It was just so up, so out of reach that I was just chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. And I think that was sort of so out of reach that it eventually just put me off the sport altogether um so I would either either way I like I'd, I'd kept my fitness up but in in the lockdown I was out running with a friend and I think as like any sort of like youngish person on Instagram and I think especially being in the line of work that I'm in and I think what you're looking at going into like being an online coach is that you know you want to grow your account you want to do something that's going to sort of like draw people's attention so I found myself with all this time and sort of all this spare energy that I wasn't putting into anything and me and one of my friends started speaking about about doing a challenge that was going to you know raise money for something and you know whenever like I've ever thought about raising money for any any charity it's always been like diabetes so it was like right I'm definitely gonna do something for diabetes and then it was just like well what am I gonna do mm. um and at the time in the lockdown um I found myself like doing a bit doing a bit of cycling here and there I'd never really I'd I'd like always ridden bikes but I'd never actually like had a road bike or cycled a bike um and I was I was cycling like a couple times a week over to this lake just outside of Bristol where I live just to go and jump in the water and now like unlike you I am a crap swimmer and as you <laughs> as as you just as you'd have seen from the documentary like my swimming is abysmal it's unique Jack it's unique <laughs> 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 so I tell you what I'm going to do after this is I'm going to send you a video of the first ever swim that I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to, you're going to laugh. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, I sort of like was sort of like already doing all of the bits of a triathlon just by themselves, mm-hmm. and was sort of like just like learning about what ultra endurance was and these sort of like big charity events, and I then sort of 
like happened to be having this conversation with my friend about what I could do and it was like oh you know you could do an ultra run and it's sort of like yeah well, I could do an ultra run but it's just not really like it doesn't really grip you you know like oh like Jack's an ultra marathon it's like okay but like you hear that all the time mm. and like amongst me and my friends you know we're all like rugby players or gym goers there was nobody doing like any triathlons or anything like that and we then spoke and then obviously I was like cycling a little bit I was jumping in the water I wasn't even swimming at this point <laughs> I was running <laughs> and so we were like well you know what like everything's in place to do a triathlon like it could be like a fun little project and then I sort of like went back and researched it and I just typed in triathlon I didn't even know what an Ironman was at this point and I just saw the biggest one and I was like let's do it <laughs> I was like, and, and, and genuinely should I tell you what I think it was just as well that I didn't have any idea what it was because I think if I'd have known what it was, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But because I because I was just like completely naive, had like no idea what it was, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm in. <laughs> and like it it was it was literally a case of like saying I'm gonna do it. And I had and like when I put it on my Instagram back in June that I was gonna do it, everyone was like, Oh, you know, damn, fair play, man. That's a that's a big event. And I was like, is that <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to trying to delete the messages <laughs> yeah i was like i'm post i'm post yeah um, <laughs> but, but you, you know that was that was what it was for me and i think i liked the fact that people thought that it was crazy and i liked mm. the fact that it i liked the fact that it was a statement in saying that i was going to do it like i liked the fact that i had no right to say that i was going to be able to do it like some 100 kilo diabetic who's never really ran swam or cycled has just said that in four months he's gonna do an Ironman it's just like bonkers you know like I had no right to say that I was gonna be able to do that um so then it was just as sorry carry on no no so it's just as soon as I said that I was gonna do it it then just sort of like I then just sort of like planned it in reverse of how I would get there Mm. um (laughs) it was quite the journey but it's I think it's quite a common theme sometimes you know with these huge events these sort of huge accomplishments that you see people do that there is an element of naivety you know there's an element of not quite understanding maybe until they're actually doing the event of quite Mm -hmm. how hard it is and I think that's actually sometimes can be quite beneficial because you know for me um you know especially when I was swimming I kind of knew how far 3.8k was and yeah I could do it and I could probably do it fairly easily but I also knew you know, it wasn't a walk in the park and then I would have to have a, a marathon at the end of it. You know, it was, yeah. so I think the more you kind of understand the scarier the task gets sometimes, which, which can be, yeah, you that's, know. That's what, that was the sort of funny thing about it is that as the training went on, I was then realizing how, like how mammoth a task it was going to be. I was like, like, as it was going on, I was like, like, I remember, so I think maybe like within the first six weeks of training, I did an Olympic distance triathlon and I was right. like you know that was fine that was that was good fun um and then like a, and then I think maybe like a couple months and then it couldn't even even been a couple months it was maybe like a month later I did a half iron just as like a training day on the morning and, and on a Sunday morning mm. and I remember finishing the swim and being like okay imagine that just being halfway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finishing the ride and then just being like well that's just halfway and I was like Jesus Christ yeah. um but you know, I think, and and this is this like, in terms of my like my own personal story with accountability, mm. I think that actually the power of social media and the power of charity sometimes in terms of 
an individual is is huge because I think you know if I'd have just messaged you saying hey Al I'm gonna do an Ironman after squatting 200 kilos you'd be like okay fair enough (laughs) but then you know it's only you keeping me accountable Mm. and you know if I then fail that or don't do that all the only person sort of not being like let down but the only person then to see that is you and I'd be like you know doesn't really matter yeah. Whereas for me, because I broadcasted it to so many people mm-hmm. and I told so many people I was going to do it and people were donating money, I was like, okay, this is... And that, for me, was the like the fuel to the fire that kept me going. And mm. so, like, for me now, it was, you know, afterwards, it was like, everyone was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it was like, well, I'm not motivated to do anything else because I haven't got a reason to be doing it now. Like, I had a, hu- I had a huge reason to be doing that mm-hmm. because but obviously we had the documentary being made but it was about empowering diabetics to realize that you know your excuses aren't always going to be valid and mm-hmm. your excuses are just going to be holding you back from what you can actually achieve so for me I just put all of my old diabetic excuses to the side yeah and just crack and just cracked on with what was a hugely challenging physical and med- and, and mental sort of battle but for me now I haven't really got like obviously I've got obviously I've got a drive in terms of like wanting to better myself and wanting to see what's physically possible but I haven't got that initial drive of like I'm going to prove my diabetes wrong because now Mm. that I've done that I know that my diabetes isn't going to stop me from doing anything so it's just a case now of like well what do I want to achieve from a personal standpoint not just to empower other diabetics yeah Um, we're gonna I'll come back to that because we've got a question about that you know in terms of that initial sort of wave of excitement and almost relief that you finished it and then the question of sort of <laughs> what 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 now after that you know um uh, and how, i guess how how did that you know how, how did the whole um the idea of sort of creating a documentary around it because obviously you've got this goal now you've got this plan of how you're going to get there but in terms yeah. of you know people filming it getting a little you yeah. know, production team around it how did that happen and then also how how did it end up getting onto amazon so was that a complicated yeah, yeah. process in itself um so i'm i was really fortunate so i've got a really good friend of mine uh james if he's going to listen to this or, or probably not but um <laughs> he <laughs> he um we so he's a he's actually like a, like a school year below me and went to one of my friend's schools and he is a is a videographer and film producer right. and we did some work at the start of 2019 um just for like my pt page so he came and filmed some stuff and put it up either way then like within that year of like 2019 to 2020 he moved to canada um so we, you know we like stayed in touch every now and again and at the start of the challenge i was you know that i wanted to document it because i wanted it to be like recorded and I wanted there to be a a record of what I did but what I was initially thinking was that I'd like start a YouTube channel and I'd start tracking all of this stuff and that that would be it and then either way I was like having a hard time trying to um trying to trying to film all this stuff for, for for a YouTube channel and then James just called me and he was just like look like what are you trying to do what do you want to happen and I was like well you know if you could like come back and film some content of the day then that would be really cool mm-hmm. he was like obviously and like, like at this point he was like well why don't we make it into a documentary he was like I'll fly back from Canada 
and we'll we'll make it a thing he was like i just need you to write a storyline of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and then that was that was it so i just sent him this storyline <clears throat> and then he pretty much pieced everything together in terms of like what he was going to film and like he basically just wanted me to do what i was doing so he wanted me to train he wanted me to like just just live how i how i was and he would just come and document it and then obviously he just put it put it all together so i was really fortunate in terms of like how that all happened yeah um in terms of amazon it's really it's it's actually a really straightforward process so once you're registered as a film production company you then basically go to amazon and ask for a login to their platform all right you that you then um upload so you you then upload your content obviously you 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 go away and you make it and you edit it and mm-hmm. whatever um you then upload it onto amazon it then gets like checked and then if they like it and they're happy with like the spec of camera you're filming on the quality of it then they'll upload it and if they don't like it then they'll basically send it back to you so <laughs> start again um, <laughs> yeah have another go one more time so, jack <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine um so obviously- yeah so then it Sorry, it was, just, it was it was just a case of like well once it was uploaded and checked through then um then that was it so I was obviously really fortunate to be in that position and I was you know lucky to know James but then also like the idea of the Amazon documentary what wasn't my idea it, mm. it like James had James had the idea James had the vision to like want to do that I just wanted all all I wanted was just for it to be filmed like mm-hmm. I I wasn't fussed about what what it was filmed on where it was uploaded i just wanted there to be a record of it so that i could go to people and be like look this is what i did um just imagine then... you sat with a little nokia <laughs> i've got an iron man on here <laughs> that's the story for the grandkids just yeah. give them a little nokia like <laughs> keep hold of that there <laughs> that's a special one that is. yeah <laughs> so obviously that you know the the documentary as I said, you know, it's a great watch and it builds up, um, you know, throughout the, the process of you training towards this, towards the actual day um, and builds up to the actual event. And in terms of that training, you know, as a type one diabetic myself, how did that, you know, how did you sort of manage that when you, you know, before that you hadn't been doing that amount of volume, whether it was running, whether it was cycling. So, you know, thinking when I, when I think about it myself, so this morning, for example, I did 50 K on the bike and that was sort of, you know, there was planning that went into that to make sure I didn't go low on the bike to make sure I had snacks and I was eating and, um, you know, and, and I'm lucky enough that I have a CGM, which I know you weren't wearing. So to, to, mm-hmm. th- that obviously makes it a little <laughs> bit more complicated. Um, I guess for people who don't know, um, a sort of CGM allows you to see your bloods continuously. So you can see what direction you're going in, whereas Jack was finger pricking. So um, you get a static reading there and then, and then the next time you test your blood, you, you get a surprise. <laughs> so um yeah, how how did that work? And and obviously you've mentioned to me in private that, that the nutritionist helped, but but how did that sort of work? And and how did you find those, especially those longer endurance rides in terms of your diabetes? Um, so at the start, I had no idea. My like my understanding was like I I didn't understand like like sports nutrition enough at all to like actually have anything in place. So it started off with like right, I know that I'm going to be like at risk of going low so I was like I'm just gonna keep a 
like a truck ton of sweets by me at all points and just like take them on as I need them. And I know that sounds that just sounds ridiculous, but then I was learning more about it. I was like, right, and this is this is how many grams of carbs I'm or like essentially like this is how much my blood sugars are dropping by doing this amount of exercise. So I need to keep them afloat by eating this amount of, you know, carbs. And then I just sort of experimented with what carbs I like taking on, what carbs I definitely knew that I didn't want to be taking on. Um, and then it was just a case of like planning ahead of how much I would need per, you know, per half an hour. Like, so it, it basically all became like a guessing game in terms of like, this this distance is going to take me this long this means I'm out for these amount of hours and over these amount of hours I need this amount of food so mm. it then became like a bit of a strategy where I'd set like a timer on my phone for like every 20 minutes when I was out riding or if I was on the, on the indoor trainer it would be like um every every 20 minutes this is what I need to have the the issue that I faced was that you know because I wasn't um a seasoned triathlete if you, if you like um I, I had no you know no idea of how my like diabetes was gonna or like how my body was going to adapt to the training which is what made it so difficult so to give you an example like at the start of my training I was obviously like not as fit as I was as I was like three months into my training so at the start my body was needing a lot more carbohydrates to keep my levels stable mm. what I then found was that the protocol that I then was able to call on for the start of my training as I was getting into like month three and four of training like I was actually taking on too many grams of carbs because I thought I needed it but because I was so much fitter at that, at that point let's say like on the bike like I'd averagely do all my rides at the start at like 140 to 145 heart rate and then at the end I was doing all my rides at like 125 to 130 heart rate so I was obviously like dropping it a lot but the speed that I was moving at was actually quicker at the end than it was at the start right um so I obviously didn't need half as much energy to fuel a an effort of like 125 beats a minute as I did for 140 beats a minute so it then meant that like my nutrition on the day was pretty 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 bad in terms of like just 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 test 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 regularly and take on what you think you need um and like on the day I was running at like between 17 and 13 all day which is probably why I was so ill the next day because mm. I like but I, I knew I knew that like all I had to do was complete it and I just didn't really care about how it was going to be the next day so yeah because I think it's one of those things where you know so certainly when I swam and certainly when I was doing kind of I've raced open water for a while um and those races were kind of 5k to 10k and for me it was always you know I could swim I was training a lot that was my thing for me it almost became making sure my diabetes was on point was a lot harder than getting physically ready for that race so which I found you know incredibly frustrating especially in sort of a competitive environment where you know you were lining up knowing that you were thinking about 101 things that the rest of the people you were lining up against weren't thinking about. So yeah. it's trying to, you know, it's trying to make sure that I guess it's difficult for some people to understand that, you know, an Ironman in itself for anyone to do is, you know, a ridiculously hard challenge, but also as a type one diabetic, the amount of kind of decisions you have to make, the amount of awareness you have to have of your nutrition for the whole event and leading up to it yeah. and after it, um, 
you know, I think that's why it's the big thing. Certainly when I was watching the documentary, I was watching with a sort of a whole different perspective thinking, you know, shit me. If, if, if I was going to do that tomorrow, how, you know, how would I do it? When would I fuel? You know, it's all those yeah. decisions. There's uh, a, the, and that's, that's, that's the thing that as a, as a non-diabetic, you probably wouldn't even think of Like, you know, if you, if you were a triathlete or you understood it a little bit, you would, you would, you would think, be thinking about all these things. And I think when I then explained to people what I was having to do so often, they were like, Oh, this is like a really big deal. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah I think the the point that I was trying to make was that you know for anybody doing uh an ultra endurance event like without diabetes is that you've obviously got two things to you've got two things to factor in you've got the fuel that you take on and then just being strong enough both mentally and physically to complete it so you know if you're not physically strong enough like to to be able to cycle that long run that long or swim that long you're not gonna be able to do it mm-hmm. if you're not meant to, if you're not mentally strong you know you just you just won't go the distance um and if you're not feeling it properly then you will start to burn out but the issue with the diabetes is that that's a whole separate thing that needs like if you think about how much time goes into managing diabetes just on a normal day mm-hmm. it's actually quite a significant amount of time so then you put that like on a pedestal when you're trying to do all this other things that take so much out of you in terms of like, it takes so much mental strength, takes so much physical strength. Then like even without diabetes would take a lot of like time and preparation in terms of the new, like in terms of fueling that and the nutrition around that, that then you add diabetes into the mix. Mm. It does just make it so much more difficult. So at the on the day, I wasn't really... I wasn't really even thinking about how tough it was mentally or how tough it was physically. Yeah. It's that constant I was like, sort of because, preparation because, because I was like, well, look, as long as my levels stay in range, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to make sure that my levels are in range the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, the only time that I didn't really keep a check of them was on the run, but I just felt like I was sort of, <laughs> I don't even know where I was for the run. Like yeah. mentally I was not there. Cause it's, it's almost that confidence, you know, for me, um certainly when i've done longer swims and and longer cycles and stuff nothing you know nothing like an ironman but it's that confidence you get and certainly for me when i check my bloods and i'm in range i'm like right you know i'm fine i can do this it's never a doubt it's almost never it sounds like it's the same for yourself and certainly was during the event it was never a doubt whether you could do it physically um or even mentally it was just you know am i going to be in range right i'm in range i'm fine which i think is quite a strange thing to get your head around you know i'd put I did a post um, on my Instagram maybe a week ago or so about, you know, I think it was just something about a bowl of popcorn and it was about the, like the, the decisions you you sort of yeah. rapidly think about in your head as you sort of looking yeah, at yeah. this, at this food and or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's all these things that go through your mind. And I think that's really sort of hard to explain to people sometimes, but one of the things well, you mentioned, like I, I find that like as a, as a diabetic, like, like you just said, like there are so many small decisions that you make and you like, you know, they're just, they're just like subconscious at the point that mm. like we're both at now. But for normal people, if you told them they'd have to inject at every single meal time and, <laughs> and twice a day, otherwise they'd be like, what? That's like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, and I think I think there's a sort of misconception. It's like, well, you know, how you know, I was even talking um I think to my sister about it and I was she was sort of saying, Well, how how much you know, how much insulin do you know how to have? And of course everyone thinks well it's how much, you know, how many carbohydrates are in are in it. But there's sort of nine <laughs> or ten other factors that all are at play and all have to be taken into account <laughs> and you probably still get it wrong. So it's yeah, sort so of I tell you, so I tell you what, I actually when I was first diabetic, I met a guy that um so I was involved. I was involved with Bristol Rugby when I was a little bit younger, when I was fifteen. And they uh, they had a guy who used to play for Bristol that was also type one diabetic. And I met up with him for a coffee when I was like fifteen. And um, he was on an insulin ratio of one one unit of insulin to one gram of carbs. You are joking. <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I would love to see the amount of insulin that you go through in a week. God, that, that guy sing, <laughs> single-handedly is crippling the NHS. <laughs> I, I, hope he's, I hope he's proud. <laughs> if he's listening to this, just stop now. <laughs> It's incredible, isn't it? It's just—I was like—it's bizarre. I mean, there's just so many. You know, there's such a wide spectrum. Um, you know, of people of of sort of high insulin requirements for different people. It's yeah, no, it's 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 bizarre. Yeah, it's. Um, it's I mean, I I'm, I've been fairly fortunate that I pretty much for the entirety of being diabetic have been able to get away with a one to ten ratio. Um, I mean, yeah. I should probably. I, I, I probably could fine tune it a little bit better, but I find that like it doesn't really make that much difference for how much extra thought has to go into it. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm sort of, yeah, I mean, even, even for myself, it really depends. My sort of long acting incident really has an impact on it. How much, in, how much exercise I'm doing really has an impact. I'm sort of, I'm a lot lower, so I'm kind of one for even 20, 25 grams of carbs. So I really don't have Seriously? a lot of short acting. Um, but my, but equally, my sort of long acting is very, very high. And that's just kind of the balance I've always done it, is that I prefer it that way around. Um, yeah, but, see, mine's the, op- mine's, the, mine's the opposite, I think. Yeah, my, um, I think most people are, um, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how you manage that. But. <laughs> yeah, but I guess coming back, you know, something you mentioned earlier on um, in terms of that, you know, you've come into the end of the event and and sort of that huge high from finishing it. And I was listening to a podcast, I think it was with Tyson Fury, actually, and he was talking about when, you know, he's sort of champion of the world. And the next, sort of for the next two weeks, he was just in an absolute hole and everyone was expecting him to be throwing parties. Everyone was expecting him to be, you know, yeah. having the best time ever. But he'd kind of built up to this event. He'd won. And then it's sort of that question of what now? And I guess... Yeah. To a certain extent, for you, you know, there was such a long build-up to it. You finished it. You absolutely smashed it. So, was there an element of that that you sort of say, ask yourself, well, I've, I've almost proved to myself what I wanted to prove. So, what now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had that. I, should I tell you what? I didn't. I didn't really have. Like, I knew that. I knew that. I, like, before I even finished the event, I was always planning, like, sort of like what I'd be doing afterwards. But I think. Mm until you've actually done an event of that sort of size you don't know what you're going to do afterwards because you don't know how your mindset is going to change afterwards um and obviously for me it's a little bit different now because i'm looking forward to something that isn't like fitness related because we've obviously got the got the baby on the way so yeah, that's sort of yeah. like that's sort of like at the forefront of my mind in terms of like where my a lot of my energy is going to be going um mm-hmm. and sort of like on my on my business now around it um 
I mean, like, I think in like November and December, I think it's quite often to get sort of like a a post event like brief moment of not like it, like you would call it like post event depression. It's not it's not depression at all. It's just sort of like a case of feeling a little bit lost because mm -hmm. I obviously built this up to such a huge like momentous day in my head that when it came to an end I was like well what am I going to do now what can I do now that's going to trump that um and you know like realistically like I could I could do something to trump that but now that like you know I could think of anything that would trump that but in terms of getting the same amount of like attention for doing something like that it's probably not already there because the main bit of attention that I was getting from it was because I had like, I was in no position to do it. So like now that people know that I'm capable of something like that, mm -hmm. you really have to push yourself out there to get the same amount of attention. Like, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen, um, have you seen the Iron Cowboy? Yes. Yeah. 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 So have you seen, have you seen that he's just put out there that he's going to do a hundred Ironman in a hundred oh, days? God, no, I hadn't seen that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But like, you know, like, for him it's that step up isn't it it is it is but you know like for him to say that he, he's going to do a hundred falls in a hundred days you're like to anybody else you're like that's fucking crazy mm -hmm. but for him because you know that he's already done 50 in 50 days you're like you know that he could do it yeah like yeah you're not even gonna, you're not even gonna like you're not even gonna think twice about it and you know and that's what was like so special about like what what ross ross Edgley did in terms of like swimming around the country is that like it's that whole idea of doing something that just like shouldn't be possible for mm. the first time. Whereas if Ross was like now like, oh, I'm going to swim around like another island, everyone would be like, okay. And it's like, it's almost not as impressive because it, he's like already proved what he can do. So yeah. it's, okay, I, it's, sorry, go on. Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's sort of that whole, you know, that, that, that point that you were proven in that sort of, shock that you gave everyone in terms of look i'm type 1 diabetic 100 kilos whatever i'm going to do an iron man before i'm going to do a 200 kilo squat you know the fact that i found you you know through doing that you know i saw someone sharing a story someone saying look this guy's type 1 diabetic he's doing this on instagram and then i said oh shit like i want to find out more about this guy and i followed yeah, you yeah. and now like six months later we're sat on a podcast so that whole process kind of backs up what you're saying in that it's it's something that people want to be sort of taken on the journey with and kind of go through it with you and and also i yeah, guess exactly to a certain that. extent for anyone that was watching that documentary and wasn't aware whether it had gone you know you hadn't you didn't have a proven history of doing things like this so there was there's always that yeah. element of is he actually going to do it not in a bad way you know no one sat there uh, willing, no, yeah, willing that, you to I fall mean, off your what, bike <laughs> yeah, yeah no i know i know and that's sort of that's what i wanted because yeah. I knew that that would, I knew that that would keep people hooked. Mm. The fact that there was the fact that there was a, a, a like a twenty year old kid saying that he was going to do this this like massive sort of event, and like the the whole like unknown of if he's going to do it or not. Mm. But that's what I that's what I wanted. So I think now for me it's a case of I mean I've already got like I've got like goals that I want to achieve that you know, I don't think anybody else would maybe doubt me as much as I'd potentially doubt myself to do them. Mm -hmm. But there isn't that sort of, there isn't the same amount of uh, feeling of the unknown for other people looking in. You know, like, I've got some goals in terms of, like, I want to 
like deadlift a certain number and people are like oh well he's strong so you know I wouldn't put that past him or like I want to run a, a quick time on a half marathon or a marathon and people are like oh well you know he's run a marathon he's run a half marathon so you know I know he can do it it's like yeah. but when you then start like looking at like performance goals rather than just like completion goals mm-hmm. it obviously becomes a little bit more difficult and I think for you as well I mean certainly sounds like we would maybe approach things in a similar way and, and I think if I was in your shoes I would need another goal that everyone was sort of wowed by or everyone was maybe yeah. a little bit um you know surprised by or unsure whether you're going to do it to even get the most out of myself and I think yeah, certainly yeah, yeah, you know yeah. if you pick a goal and everyone sort of and even if it is difficult for you and it's deadlift in whatever weight and you're saying, you know, this is actually a really tough goal, but everyone's sort of saying, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, even internally for you, it's difficult to then get, you know, a hundred percent out of yourself training towards it. Yeah, it is for sure. Like I really like, like for me, what I was almost sort of craving, I think was people to like sort of like the naysayers, like people being like, oh, you're not going to do it. And, you know, I think because there were so many people backing me up, there wasn't anybody that vocally said that they didn't think that I was going to do it. But I think that there were a lot of people that thought that I wasn't going to be able to do it. Yeah. I I think, I think like people that people that people that knew me a little bit better, like people that had maybe like trained with me in the past or people that had knew me growing up might've just been like, yeah, he's not going to do it. Or like, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't have said it, but they'd they'd have been thinking it. So. And I guess looking you know sat in January now looking kind of forward to head to this year a lot of people are sort of sat very uncertain about what this year is going to bring what it's going to look like whether it's going to be a mirror of 2020 but I guess in a way for you there's there's a few elements of certainty which must mentally sort of although be absolutely terrifying for you at the minute (laughs) must almost be quite nice that you know it's at least going to follow a you know some sort of yeah this year. I mean I think that's I think that's the thing that just makes like life tough for so many people at the minute it's just the unpredictability and the uncertainty of the situation so mm-hmm. for me I knew I knew that that was what I struggled with in the last lockdown which actually for me like setting myself a target that was like four and a half months away was perfect and got rid of all of those like worries and scares of the uncertainty because I knew the date that I was going to be completing something yeah. and I knew that I would actively have to put my all into like every day in the lead up to it mm-hmm. so for me that was perfect now I've sort of got that again now obviously with the baby being being due in June <laughs> I now have like a date a date to aim for to improve my business not that not that like I need to improve my business for June but in no. terms of like gives you a like, date to work I, towards it gives it get, yeah exactly that so you know you've got a lot of like excitement and preparation for that time which is like great and I'm so like thoughtful and uh, so fortunate and grateful to be in the position that we're in because we're obviously we're both very excited mm-hmm. um so you know not to say that that's like the next the next sort of job or goal but it, it sort of sort of is and then once like once the child's here we've then like just gonna get used to that and then uh, like once once everything sort of settled down a little bit and I know that gyms are open again that's probably when I'll I'll then start plotting my next my next big fitness challenge yeah um sure. but well, you know I've still got I've still got time which is the nice thing yeah well I look forward to uh I look forward to seeing what the next challenge is I'm sure it'll be something yeah 
absolutely <laughs> absolutely ridiculous but uh that's that's, that's, what, that's what i promised to deliver yeah <laughs> but look mate thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me this mate, morning I do thanks for chatting it. it's been good fun no not a problem at all and just um remind everyone where they can see that documentary and, and how they can find you on um, instagram so it's called sweet suffering and it is on amazon prime and then the instagram is jack uk perfect jack have a good day mate thank you very much mate take care <laughs> bye <sighs>